everyone, and welcome to Planning Worldwide with Henry. Today we'll be covering the city of Jakarta, which is in Indonesia. It's the capital of Indonesia, and it's also the largest city in Indonesia. It's located on the most populous island in the entire world, called Java, and it's in the northwestern region of the island. The population is current, or as of mid-2021, 10 million 10.5 million and they speak indonesian kind of obvious considering they're in indonesia and i chose this city because i've met a lot of people from indonesia and it's made me want to visit there and i just find it a fascinating city because of well you'll see based on its geographic location and also its uh, future development it's really quite interesting it was founded June 22nd in 1527, so it makes it one of the oldest cities in the Southeast Asia region, considering the colonial like period. The north coast area of Western Java, including Jakarta, was the location of prehistoric Buni culture that flourished from 400 BC to 100 AD. From the 7th to the early 13th uh, century, the port of Sudan Sudana, I think, or Sadat, um, was under the Sirav, sorry, uh, Siravijaya, I'm gonna butcher most of these, uh, Maritime Empire. The first European fleet uh, f- was four Portuguese ships from Maca- uh, Malacca, Malacca um, a- which arrived in 1513 while looking for root, uh, roots for spices. Um, the Suda Kingdom made an alliance treaty with the Portuguese by allowing them to build a port in 1522 to defend against the rising power of uh, Denmark uh, Sultante uh, from central Java. Uh, through the relationship with Prince Jaya Vic Carta of uh, Benati Sulanat, uh, Dutch ships arrived in the area in 1596. So it was kind of a, a rivalry between the Portuguese and the Dutch. So the Portuguese were in the region of Jakarta and the Dutch ships were in central Java. And so they kind of battled over it and you'll see in the future it became a Dutch colony. And uh after that, the site became the center of British trade in the Indonesian archipelago until 1682, which is when they became a colony for the British. Future Henry here. I meant the Dutch, not the British. The British were just there. They weren't the colonizers or anything. They just kind of showed up when they wanted to. Sorry about that. Um, some of the large historical events um, is... Uh, the volcanic eruptions that happen, um, they're not super, um, common, but you do find that they will happen every, every so often. I am not exactly sure, probably every couple hundred years, maybe even a cup, even every hundred years. And that comes from the southern points of Java with large volcanoes. Although they are quite far away, it would the lava slash magma would probably reach the outer areas of Java, um, which shows how big of a city it is. Um, 
The name of the volcano is uh, Panlagago, Panaragio, something like that. I'm sorry, I can't pronounce anything apparently. Um, and obviously, another very big historical event was when it became the colony of uh, the Netherlands. Um, and I mean, that's when really the urban development like started. And uh, after World War II ended, the Indonesian nationalists declared um, independence on the 17th of August in 1945. And that's when, well, Indonesia became its own country, um, separated from the Dutch. And um, speaking of the volcano, the last eruption was uh, 1957. Um, so really not that long ago. Uh, the geographic location um, is quite interesting. At the mouth of it's at the mouth of the Chilawung River at the on the Jakarta Bay, of course, uh, an inland uh, an inlet of the Java Sea. Uh, Thirteen rivers flow through Jakarta. Future Henry here yet again. If you don't want to hear me mispronounce river names for the next minute or so, skip to around six minutes. They are the Chilwung River, the Kalibaru, the Pesenglana, the Kipinang, the Anki River, um, the Maji, uh, the Mukerwart, uh, the Kurkut, the Buarnan wet West Tarum, uh, the Kakung, the Petung Kangan, and no, that's not the final one. Suter River and the Grogol River. I probably didn't pronounce a single one of those correct, but that is completely fine. Um, I'm very sorry if you're from Indonesia and I just mispronounced the name of all of those rivers. I'm extremely sorry. Um, Terima kasih um, for listening to my podcast. Um, uh, Jakarta is sinking about 5 to 10 centimeters or 2 to 3.9 inches uh, every year and up to 20 centimeters in the northern coast areas, which is 7.9 inches. So that's quite interesting, and we'll get onto that later about how Jakarta's trying to change their, I mean, basically their entire city to save it from sinking in the future. Um, Some of Jakarta's land is already underwater, and you can see flooding happening quite often from obviously all these rivers, the... 13, I believe, that flow through Jakarta. And Jakarta lies in a low and flat plain ranging from negative 2 meters to 91 meters. So yeah, I mean, a large percentage of that is like very close to being um, below sea level to even being 2 meters below sea level. Um, So if you look at a map of Jakarta from a bird's eye view, we can see large urban areas and it's kind of interesting there's the highway 2 and the yeah the highway 2 that kind of wraps around the edge of central Jakarta and that is where you see most people living although there is western Jakarta nor 
North Jakarta, Jakarta, East Jakarta, and then there's um, a smaller city uh, called Bekasi, which is just to the, um, I mainly the east, but also a little bit south of, like, central Jakarta. Um, so the city relies quite a bit on tourism. As it's such a large city, they have to have multiple forms of, um, multiple, multiple sections of their economy, and tourism is definitely one of them. Uh, Jakarta is known for its architecture and religious buildings, such as, uh, famous mosques throughout the city uh one of the most popular is one of the most popular mosques is the istakula i probably butchered that um it also has a large bus rapid transit system and as it should with that that many people it really should have a massive uh transportation system and it also has a very large uh international airport um and now going into that transportation, we can see, I have a little map here of it, I'm, you can't see it obviously since you're listening to this, but um, there are seven rail lines, there's the southern line, there's the north-south line, there's the Sokorno-Hata line, there's the Tanjurag line, there's the Langkas-Bitung line, there's the Bangor line, there's the Kekarang loop line, and finally there's the Tanggung Pekor line. I mispronounced all the ones that weren't just directions. Um, <laughs> but these um, these lines run all around the city, allowing like easy transportation throughout. They also have, as I said, the bus rapid transit system, which is... Uh, like very well known surprisingly in Jakarta a lot of people when they go to Jakarta they already know about the bus rapid transit system and that contains 13 lines that uh, basically allow extensions to the metro lines although they aren't as fast most I think if not all of the uh, BRT lines or the bus rapid transit lines are um, all on private roads for, I mean, like, um, independent bus lanes, so they don't have to deal with, uh, traffic, which is a large problem in Jakarta. There's also, um, seven lines, seven new, uh, public transport lines being constructed currently, six of them, uh, being rail, and one of them being a new bus rapid transit line, which is very exciting for the city, because it, I think, more the merrier, honestly, when it comes to this big of a city, um, you really want as much public transport as possible to allow, I mean, it, allowing it to be the most popular form of transportation throughout the city, lowering traffic, and as we'll get onto, lowering carbon emissions, which Jakarta definitely needs to do. Um, as I said, they also have a large international airport called the Sokarno-Hatta International Airport. It also has a train line to it, um, which is, uh, which I said already. Um, there's also three ferry routes to nearby islands. These aren't used a lot, obviously, um, as it's only three lines and they go to some islands that aren't very populated. Although it still is important for the people that live on those islands. 
Um, so now going into that, um, environmental aspect, uh, the entire country of Indonesia as of 2016, um, emitted 530 million tons of carbon. And that's countrywide, although that is still a lot. Like, just think about that. Tons. Tons. So that, that's like a weight, that's a form of weight. That's ridiculous. Because carbon, there's carbon in the air currently. And you, it doesn't feel like anything. There's nothing there. But that's in weight, which is ridiculous. I mean, it's so much carbon. But you also have to take in the aspect that Indonesia is one of the, one of the most populated nations in the entire world. Um, with, I forget exactly... Um, Let me search it up. Indonesia population is 273 million people. That is a ridiculous amount of people, obviously. Which not necessarily justifies the tons of carbon, but it also kind of shows how much some of the smaller nations are emitting. Like like in last episode with uh, Taiwan with 276 million tons of CO2 as of 2016. That is about half the amount of carbon that um, Indonesia is emitting. And Taiwan has only 23 million people compared to 273 million, which kind of shows also... um, that uh, Indonesia is quite underdeveloped. It is a, a lower-income nation, and uh, it's quite sad to see. And as I'll say now, um, the entire GDP of the nation is 1.86 trillion USD, which is a lot of money. But for a, uh, for a uh, nation with like 300 million people, it's not as high as most nations. Um, would hope, and that Indonesia obviously hopes to improve that with their future development, which we'll get into now. Um, so Jakarta is anticipated to be the biggest megacity by 2030, with 35.6 million people. And I, honestly, I could totally see that happening, 100%. It's currently at 10 million people within Jakarta itself. And this includes all of the other sections, so West Jakarta, South Jakarta, and I believe the other s- smaller city right next to it. Um, and the way- one of the m- major ways that they plan on doing this is by investing $40 billion into a project called Giant Seawall Jakarta. Um, they invested this not only to create more homes, um, which it will create 2 million more homes, but also due to Jakarta sinking into the sea. Um, And it will 100% save the city. I'm not exactly sure when this is supposed to start, but it, it, um, I believe it's going to start um, construction in this decade. The second largest project is the Signature Tower Jakarta, um, and it's planned to be a 638-meter tower located in Jakarta's SCBD, which is the uh, Sodaram Central Business District. 
Um, so Jakarta is really hoping to build up the the business side of the city because they're actually relocating their capital to be on another island currently, which is also something interesting about the entirety of Indonesia. Um, another large project is the Perui uh, 88, which is a skyscraper that will be 389 meters tall. This is mainly residential, although it does also have some um, commercial um, use. They are also recreating the entire central station of Jakarta. It will be called the Magalaya, something like that. I, again, I'm sorry, I can't pronounce names um, or like anything. Um, this station is going to be massive. It's it's ridiculous. If you want to see some photos of it, just search it up. It's M A N G G A R A I. It's massive. It is crazy. Um, the next project that um, I found was the uh, Tamirin Nine, which is two towers. Um, of 340 meters and 300 meters so these are two massive towers um there's also the indonesia one tower which despite its name it's a twin tower project um and it's two 303 meter golden towers that will have offices uh retail space and um apartments uh and the towers will be connected to the jakarta um, mass rapid transit system so that could also that could be the metro or the bus rapid transit or both um, there's a financial service authority of Indonesia tower being constructed currently it's going to be a 300 meter plus uh, twin tower so again another set of towers which is crazy Jakarta's skyline is already insane and this is just making it even, like, more insane. Then there is the Jakarta Tower, which isn't happening anymore. Um, it was a massive tower project that was going to be the tallest building in all of Jakarta. I can't remember exactly how tall it would be, but it has to be more than 638 meters, I believe. Um, and it was going to blast past that, if I'm not mistaken. But now, in place of that, we have the Menara Jakarta at um, Kemayoran Complex, which is a mixed-use development consisting of six towers and a mall. Um, and the final one I found was the uh, Paramania Energy Tower, which is um, proposed, which was proposed as a 99-story uh, tall tower which would be 530 meters. Um, and it was planned to be the new HQ of the state-owned energy co uh, company uh, called Pertanamia. Um, but now it's um, been shrunk to, I believe, 49 stories. So basically half the size. So you can expect like 215 meters, which is still a really tall building. But... Um, not as impressive as previously hoped for. So overall, 
Jakarta is a massive city that is progressing for the future with mass amounts of development and investments from the government to help the city stay afloat, like literally, but also financially. Uh, the public transportation uh, system has some limitations, but with the future expansion, it should have no problem transporting the mass amounts of people that use it on a daily basis. Um, and overall, really, I, I, I think it's a great city. I There are some flaws, obviously, with a lot of the population having financial problems and also the amount of emissions, carbon emissions that are coming from this city are um, quite sad to see but then again they are working uh, quite hard on improving that um, with all of these projects that I just listed and I'm really excited to see if this if all of these things um, actually happen especially the giant seawall Jakarta which sounds amazing uh, I highly suggest looking up some photos and just reading a little bit about it because it's it's a really cool project. Obviously, it's such a high cost, and I'm sure it'll even go over the $40 billion cost. I think it's very much needed because the city of Jakarta isn't financially stable currently, and a lot of the citizens are feeling that, and they need homes, and they need affordable housing. So I think these 2 million homes will not only give them... Um, maybe not affordable housing, but allow people to move to these nicer, like, uh, on-the-water spots and leave space for these lower-income families in Indonesia to get a cheaper home that people have just moved out of. So I think it will really help the, the city overall. And I, I, I think it's, it's really up there with one of the top cities I want to travel to especially like in the next 10 years I'd love to travel there and um, that would allow me to see the development of the city um, I doubt it'll happen but you never know where life will bring you so uh, thank you for listening to this episode of planning worldwide it's uh, been a pleasure having you on here with me even though I don't know who you are I hope you enjoyed listening to um, my annoying voice for around 23 minutes and uh, enjoy the rest of your day that was planning 